Blog Talk Radio. This is Colin from Cannot Justify. You're rocking Attitude Era Live with Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Twin. Ladies and gentlemen, guess what time it is? It is that time again. It is Monday night. It is Attitude Era Live, and we are here with you about to knock it out of the ballpark, as a great independent wrestler once said, or to quote my favorite poet of all time, my favorite poet of all time, Jim Morrison, let's break on through to the other side. We have Matthias with us, the modern nightmare. How are you, sir? Well, after a uh, another long work week and uh, a nice kind of relaxing weekend full of training and whatnot, I'm ready to have another great show here on 89.1 uh, Ken's FM. And, you know, I had a busy weekend as well. I had uh, a little football game to film. The Invaders, of course, won their game, so they are now the third seed going into the playoffs. Uh, we play the number two seed. The winner of that game will play the winner of the number one versus four seed for the championship. Hopefully that's us. Hopefully we can put another trophy in the case. And if I'm not mistaken, and I know I believe we mentioned this before, you know a little something about winning a championship with uh, said team, do you not? Yes, as a matter of fact, on my uh, debut year playing for the Invaders back in 2019, uh, we competed in the playoffs where we beat the number one seed, the St. Paul Pioneers, uh, in the first round of the playoffs to move on to the finals, where then we faced the number two seed. We were the number four seed at the time, and we beat the um, the second seed, which was the um, the Sioux City Stampede. And uh, one thing about that was we never beat them. Uh, on We've never beaten them in Invader history. Uh, we were 0-5 against them going into the game, and we went on their territory for the championship, and we beat them. So not only did we beat them for the very first time, but it was on their turf, and it was for the 2019 NEFL Championship. So that uh, that felt pretty good to uh, carry that trophy home with us that night. So basically what you're saying is the reason why they won that trophy is because you were on the team. Well, absolutely. You know, I, I show up and I, uh, I, went, I collect gold. As you can see, I'm a double champion of professional wrestling. I won the uh, Northern League Football League Championship with the Invaders on my debut year. So, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure everywhere I, I go turns to gold, I would say. Speaking of collecting gold, the icon made you a cool collector's card. I was going to ask your opinion on that. The uh, the one that you made me recently? Yeah, with uh, the whole Matthias thing and the logo and all that. I liked it. It was it was pretty cool. I wish uh, I wish I would have had a picture with both belts around my waist instead of just the uh, the diamond title, but that worked uh, that worked out just fine. Um, it was a good combination for the the cards and stuff. So yeah, it was it was pretty good. I I liked it. Also, we have a uh, announcement here on the show. Next week, we are going to have a new co-host. It sounds like. We're, we're uh, as you know, Grandy's been missing in action the last few weeks, and uh, so we're going to bring in a new co-host, see how this individual does. We're not going to name who it is. Hopefully, Grandy will come back to us at some point. We, we shall see about that. And, you know, because we do, we do miss Grandy's insight, uh, and we love Grandy. I know she's going through some things. 
However, we do need a we do need a third wheel on this. Uh, Big Swing, as you know, has been definitely missing in action. He, I know he's, I know he's out there listening, and of course, you know he'll he'll chime in whenever he wants, and he'll always. Oh my God! Who the uh, hell you know, cares? Out of the ordinary or extraordinary, because he likes to jump in the mix, as they say. I don't even know if he's listening right now, but I do have some interesting. Oh my God! Who the hell cares? Guess what? He's listening, Matthias. Yep, I heard it. I understand that uh, Big Swing is uh, tying the knot. Oh, really? Did you get an invitation? I sure did not. Did not? No, no, not at all. I didn't get an invitation either. Uh, I wonder, did the did the mailman forget to bring it to us? I was going to say, most likely, probably. I mean, he's all the way in New York, and we're here in North Dakota. But, I mean, he should have sent them out. We should have been the first receivers of uh, these invitations. You know what I bet happened? Hmm. I, and I, I, I'm purely speculating at this point, but you know what I bet happened? He's probably thinking that we're still running the Pony Express out here. That's why. <laughs> probably. I mean, I mean, I think we just got the Internet, what, three weeks ago? So right. So we've just been pretty lucky here, I guess. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, our first guest is waiting in the wings, and I know he's listening. We'll be going to you in just a couple seconds. We're going to uh, finish uh, talking about this. Listen to a message from one of our sponsors, and we'll go right to you. The only thing is, you know, Big Swing, you know, you and I have a history. You and I have known each other since, what, 90? No, not 90. Uh, 2018, is it, maybe? Matthias? Um, no, I think, I mean, like I said, I don't know your guys' history, but um, I've, known, I've known you since 2018, 2019, and then I've been... Like I said, I've been involved with the show for the past, I think, just almost just about a year. I've been a co-host on here, so it's been pretty. Uh, it's been a pretty interesting ride, to say the least. To uh, get to meet the Big Swing and Granny Hulkster, and you know, actually get to chat with them weekly was pretty. Uh, was pretty interesting. So, speaking of year anniversary, our year anniversary on Ken's FM is actually August 9th. We launched on eight nine twenty twenty one. Because uh, this is 89.1 Kent's FM, the Sarge's kind of lined. We we launched on 8.9, and this is 89.1. So uh, we launched on August the 9th, and we are hopefully the number one rated wrestling radio show in the whole country where we get guests that no one else can get. We entertain like no one else can entertain. There's no stopping this show. So we're going to take a quick little break, listen to one of our sponsors, and we will be back with our first guest. Give us about 30 seconds. Here we go. Uh, okay. Sorry. Let's try that again. Give us 30 seconds. We'll be back with our first guest right after these messages. Okay. This might help if I pot up the right thing. Let's try it one more time. The new Wood Spring Suites of Fargo, located at 1090 35th Street North at the I-29 and 12th Avenue North Interchange, is an extended-stay, pet-friendly hotel with kitchenettes in every room, including a stovetop, full-size fridge, and microwave, plus a big 40-inch flat-screen TV with free Wi-Fi. You can book a room at 701-582-1600 
or online at www.woodspring.com. Woodspring Streets of Fargo, rated 4.2 by Trust Score. All right, ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, about to enter the ring right now, he is the greatest artist to ever grace the pages of any comic book in history. And hopefully we can talk him into doing some cartoon features of us. Ladies and gentlemen, he is Greg Bo Watson. Hey, this is Greg Bo Watson, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live, Monday on 89.1 Kim's FM with your host, the icon, the big swing, Granny Holster, and the modern nightmare, Matthias. How are you, Greg Bo? Good to have you. Hey, brother. How are you? You doing all right? Oh, um, sorry. He had uh, he had to do something really fast. We're turning off the AC in the room. It's uh, blocking off our uh, our mic, so we can hear the whirring of the uh, AC unit. All right, Greg. I'm back. So, so here's how we're gonna do this, Greg. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, now I'll ask you some questions. Sure. Then the modern nightmare, and then I'm gonna ask you the tougher questions. So go ahead. Give us a little background. All right, well, uh, let's see. I've been drawing as long as I could hold a pencil, and I have drawn for everybody from Marvel. I've done projects with Marvel, DC, uh, Zenoscope, Dynamite, Coffin, Comet. Currently doing a lot of stuff for Merck. Uh, I've done some Dynamite comics. Uh, I've also done, let's see, I've done some storyboards for HBO, uh, did some um uh, did some uh, artistic work for an X-Files commercial that aired worldwide. So, yeah, I've done some pretty cool things. And you also got the best accent in the whole business as well, Greg Bull. <laughs> well, I try. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm, a good, I'm a good old Southern boy. We have uh, we have Greg Bull Watson here on 89.1 Gens FM. we got uh, 35 minutes here. Now, question, Greg. Uh, Greg Ball, how would you like us to address you? Can I address you as GW, Mr. Watson, Mr. Mr. Greg Bow? How would you like to be addressed? Well, you can just say Greg Bow will be fine. We'll, we'll, we'll Greg Bow. the greatest for later. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you are the greatest. So the first thing I want to oh, ask is you. when you when – when did you uh, first realize that you had the talent for drawing? Well, uh, my mom tells me that it, actually it's my mom's memory, um, and she tells me that uh, you know in church on Sunday mornings uh, she'd hand me the program because I'd be sitting there bored in the pew, and she'd hand me one of those little you know visitors pencils or whatever that they have in the back side of the pew, and I would just sit mm-hmm. there and draw these whole detailed images, stories, the whole nine yards. And I thought everybody could do it. I didn't think it was unique. I thought everybody could do it. So for the longest time, I didn't think it was anything special. Uh, my parents took me to a re-release of Peter Pan, Disney's original Peter Pan, when it was in the you know re-released in the theaters, and that was the first time. You know, a lot of people think it came from comics, but I saw Disney Peter Pan up on the screen, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know. I like drawing this stuff, and there it is animated and moving in front of me and kind of took over from there. And I do appreciate you keeping everything PG, too. Uh, I, I forgot. Uh, you are, you already knew that, so I didn't have to tell you. The You know, I'm looking at uh, your Facebook page, and I'm just kind of yeah. looking at a few uh, few things that I want to talk to you about. And then uh, 
I'll sure. ask you a few more, then uh, we'll let Matthias and uh, I'll come back and uh, try and buddy up to see if you can uh, make uh, cartoon uh, pictures of uh, me and uh, Matthias and Granny Hulkster for the station. But uh, that, that we'll talk Excellent. about that in a little bit. But yeah, yeah. so I'm just kind of curious. Uh, the the one person, the one character person I want to ask about is the 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 brunette uh, with the Which beautiful one? lips. <laughs> Well, it's it's on your it's on your it's on the main the, the main backdrop of your Facebook page. Uh right. with the, it looks like shattered glass. Who is that? Oh, okay. That is uh I'll tell you. That is uh, that was actually cover art for um that was cover art for I believe Wonderland number 50, if I'm not mistaken, Alice in Wonderland. Um and that's Alice's daughter Callie. Oh, so you're telling me there is a chance? Do what? <laughs> <You're>, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, usually if Matthias was here, he, he'd uh, he'd play uh, he'd play some kind of uh, funky uh, uh, theme song. Uh, Backbeat. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Well, or uh, some kind of thing that says that I was completely offline, but. Uh, Trust me, the, the the jokes will get worse, as people know. Uh, so now, you so you started uh, drawing in church. Uh, I, which is actually kind of cool, because when my parents used to take me to church, I used to just sleep all the time. My parents yeah. said that's the only yeah. time that I ever settled down was when I was in church, because I would just go to sleep, you know. So, yeah. <laughs> but when you, uh, when, what was your first major, uh, major? I guess animation job or illustration job that you got. Uh, well, you know, outside. Well, oddly enough, one of the bigger ones was outside of the comic book industry before I started really breaking in, and that was I was doing a lot of the poster work for Applebee's. Applebee's had a kids' club, and so I did a lot of the posters, and I did those in literal comic book format with the panels on them and teaching, you know, teaching kids whatever moral of the day Applebee's was trying to hypnotize them with. And uh, so I did that. Um, did several things in that arena, but my first love was always comics. And uh, my son was born. I was doing a lot of it back in the 90s. And then my son was born, and I took some time off and went back into advertising, into advertising art. And uh, then when my son got older, uh, and then, hey, y'all will love this, became a pro wrestler, he ended up, um, you know, when he was starting to do all that, I said, well, I'm going to go back to my first love. And my first probably well-known job that probably I'm known for the best was doing some of the Alice stuff for Zenoscope, some of the Alice in Wonderland stuff. And the other thing I like, uh, uh, the other thing that we like about you, and one of our fans wanted me to ask you about this, you actually made uh, Tinkerbell uh, adult-like and, uh, yep. you know, dateable. Yes, absolutely. That's a nice way of saying it. <laughs> well, you know, like I say, we we, we got we to keep it PG. I might try and slip something into uh, a joke later to sli- uh, slip into the censored, but I may or may not. Uh, we have... Uh, we have Greg Bo Watson, our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. we got 30 minutes here with uh, the illustrator, the man. Matthias, I know that you like 
Art, and I know that you would like him to make a drawing of you. What do you have for our guest? He is Greg Bo Watson. Go ahead. Well, first off, I want to welcome you on to the show. It's always nice having someone new and some and, and a new topic kind of to talk about besides like pro wrestling and movies and uh, such. Uh, my main question to you would be was uh, as a as since I'm a uh, I, you said that your son was a pro wrestler, so that was pretty cool. Right. Um, but and it's such a difficult process becoming a pro wrestler, and, and I and it was so cool that you got to go back to your first love as well. Uh, what was one of your main uh, difficult projects you've ever gotten to do, and why was it like the customer, or was it the, uh, or was it just a character that you were having trouble with, or what? What made your most difficult uh, project the most difficult? Uh, that would be uh, the uh, television commercial I did for the X Files, um, because I was so hyped up to get it because I always loved the X Files, and I told my girlfriend, I was like, oh, oh, you know. Oh, I'm doing the X-Files. Oh, this is great. I was so jazzed up about it, right? Yeah, everybody's mm-hmm. got that one project or in wrestling, that one guy, that one match, that one guy you want to work with, you know? Um, and and so, so this was like a dream come true, a bucket list item for me, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I don't mind saying this. I started dealing with the um, art director um, for the company, for 20th Century Television, and I almost quit three times. Um, it was driving me crazy. It's like uh, these things were going to be animated and whatnot. Uh, the thing ended up, by the way, the thing ended up winning all kind of awards too. But uh, during the process, he kept hitting me with, uh, you know, I, I was drawing Molder with a gun, right? Like aiming the gun, like kind of off center, off to the right. Then he's like, mm-hmm. I'll move it a little bit more to the left. Uh, back to the right a little bit more, but a little bit further than you had it last time. I swear by the time I drew that, you could have done a 360 rotoscope of of Mulder with that gun. And, <laughs> you, know, that's not, you know, that's bad enough, but then we were in a major conference call with, like, some of the top execs, and the guy was, like, trying to throw me under the bus, like, well, we're so far behind. Uh, uh, well, 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 Greg Bo's got the stuff of uh, Mulder, but uh, – uh, well, where are the other panels? I'm like, what do you mean the other panels? All I've been doing is drawing molders spinning around in space, you know, for this whole time. And it, it got me to where it took me a long time to be able to watch X-Files after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and when I'm at Comic-Con. So it was kind of a traumatic experience? Yeah, it was a traumatic experience. And the funny thing is, is when I'm at Comic-Con, my girlfriend has uh, at my booth, uh, like one of those uh, TV frame things of all the different stuff I've done where people are standing there. It's kind of like a little experience. And every so often, uh, that X-Files commercial will come up. <laughs> and I just hear it over and over and over. So, uh, yeah, that it keeps making me relive uh, the pain and the nightmare of that. Well, I'm just glad that you didn't say that this was a uh, or a, um, a terrorizing experience for you. Uh, we <laughs> not yet. We're, this remains to be seen. <laughs> okay, so so we still got time. As a matter of fact, speaking of that, we got uh, Greg Bo Watson as our guest here. We got twenty six minutes. Now, when people come to you and mm-hmm. uh, say, "Hey, can you can you draw me as a character?" Do you say, "Yeah, I can do that, but it's going to cost fifty bucks," or "I can do it, but 
you know, I, I need to be paid for my time, or I can do it, but you, you just can't use it for anything else other than your personal. How, how would, how would uh, someone approach you with that? Well, I'm going to uh, I'm going to quote the Joker, one of Batman's, one of the greatest heels in all of comics, the Joker. Which if you can which do something one? well, well, pick, take your pick, but we're going to say I believe it was Heath Ledger's Joker. Um, okay. Basically, if you can do something well, never do it for free. Um, you know, I spent my time early on when I was breaking in, kind of like the equivalent of putting the ring up and taking the ring down. I uh, spent my time early on when I was just out of art school trying to get my artwork out there, and now I'm at the point where I don't have to. And not just that, I am so backed up. I have like 50 covers on my – I was just talking to my colorist before I called into you guys, and she was reminding me that I have like 50 covers coming up. So it's like, oh, boy, you know, but I love it. Um, but, yeah, I usually tell people the first thing I say is get out your checkbook. <laughs> uh, uh, Greg Bo Watson's our guest here. We're in 89.1 Kent FM. We've got 25 minutes. So and I'm, I'm going to ask you about the, the, these upcoming covers here real quick. So yeah. my, I, I guess, sure. the, I guess the, the cool thing is drawing for – did you ever get to meet Stan Lee at all, one of our heroes? Yes, yes okay. multiple times. And did did, uh, did did you, did you draw him something, or did he draw you something, or say, yes. hey, can you draw yes. this? Did you guys have, like, a draw-off? Well, no, because Stan Lee was a writer. Uh, that would have been a funny draw-off, because he was a writer, not an artist. Um, Stan Lee, I did do a um, sketch cover, a personalized sketch cover for him, because Stan is known in his later years for being doing cameos in all these different films, not just the Marvel films, but like Clerks. And, you know, you never know where Stan Lee was going to pop up. And so I had a blank Walking Dead cover. I just had the Walking Dead title at the top. So I drew Stan Lee as a zombie walking around Comic-Con with his glasses kind of askew and broken a little bit, his hands out like a zombie and wearing a, you know, chewed up Comic-Con tag. And uh, that was in his personal collection when he passed. That's awesome. And, you know, uh, I know that uh, our fans are expecting me to talk about this, but uh, before we do that, we, we everybody knows that if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday, you like that. You go to 89.1 mm-hmm. Ken's FM page, you like that. And you do a $10 a month to uh, Donation Power of the Tower. We'll get you autogra- uh, qualified to win an autographed picture or some, uh, some memorabilia from one of our past guests, current guests, or future guests. Would you be willing to okay. send us some uh, things for autographs, for giveaways, uh, Greg? Moore? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. I'd be happy to. Now, the- the the one the one thing that I have, uh, and of course you know, like I say, our fans are are know I'm going to ask about this. You know, on your on your Facebook page, you have like a different a few different cartoons. You have like one that's there, and then one that's censored. So my question is, when you do uh, do you do the the censored first, and then draw the the clothing over them, or do you have to draw two different settings? Well, it depends. It, it's whatever I'm feeling at the time. Like a lot of, it, it, and it's and it's gonna sound weird, but the more complex the outfit, the more likely I am to draw it first because I like to get the more difficult part out of the way, and then the rest, as they say, is cake. 
So what I do is I draw out one or the other, whether it's the naughty version or the nice version, which is what we call it in comics. We either call it naughty and nice or the normal and the risque version. Uh, naughty and nice, I think, is more common. But um, so what I'll do is I'll draw it out on 11 by 17 paper, uh, pencil it, ink it, and then once I've got it the way I want it, I'll put it on a light box and then put another bristle board, another 11 by 17 bristle board on top of it, paper, and artist paper, and then uh, I'll flip on the light box, and then I can ink it exactly. And I'll just, before I do, I just kind of pencil in the area, whether it's adding clothes or taking clothes away, and then I just do a second version. So, and then after the show, you can call it the uh, the Gregville version, which is the, <laughs> the decent version, and then the Icon version, yeah. which is... <laughs> Well, see, there you go. Or, or, you, or you can do the baby in the hill version. So, <laughs> <laughs> or in this case, uh, uh, the icon in the Matthias version, because he he is he is our number one heel. Now, Matthias, now you you do read comic books. You, you're into you're into Pokemon, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yes, I uh, I do collect Pokemon cards. It's been uh, I collected it first when I was a child uh, growing up, and then. That kind of just uh, dwindled off when I started getting into, uh, you know, as growing men would uh, eventually grow up. They uh, <laughs> go to more towards the women. Uh, they try to start, you know, becoming more friends when, uh, you know, instead of just sitting around playing Pokemon, that kind of dwindled off. I had a couple of the video games, and then finally my good friend up here in Fargo was like, hey, uh, there's a card shop, and I kind of started noticing that there was cards again, and I just started recollecting, I suppose. Now, Greg, uh, Greg Watson's our guest here on 89.1 Ken's FM. Uh, unfortunately, we only got 20 minutes. I wish 20 years because there's so many things I want to cover, and I'm going to try and cover most of them in here in the next 20 minutes. So, now, has anybody ever came to you and say, Greg Bo, hey, Mr. Watson, pal, I need a character. Can you make me a character? Can you draw me a character that I can use in a comic book? And, and the first thing I say when he says pal to me, I run because I know it's going to be Vinnie Mac. Um, oh, <laughs> let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Greg Bo, pal, are you going to draw this? Uh, no. so, so, yeah. so, you, so you did um, pick up on my Vince McMahon, uh, uh, my Vince McMahon uh, impression. You'd pick up on that. Well, you know, I did. I heard everything you said. You mealy mouth little. <laughs> no, yeah, I caught, I caught on. <laughs> I caught right on. I had to hit you back with a Stone Cold Steve. <laughs> I loved it, but um, the uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I get people that come up and ask a lot of times. Um, you know, nowadays, I, nowadays I usually don't draw at conventions because I sign so much and I'm talking to the fans when they come up. They'll either come to a show and pick up a commission they had had me do before the show, or um, you know, they'll get a commission at the show, and then I'll do it in the studio and mail it to them. Um, I've kind of gotten old and set in my ways. And, you know, when you get to a con, you've got the lighting's bad in most places, the table's shaking. Uh, I'm ADD, and I'm always running my mouth. I mean, I tell everybody, it's easy to get me to start talking. The trick's to get me to shut up. <laughs> hey, hey, look, you you and I have so much in common with that with that statement. Yeah. Or it's or it's a macho man. Randy would Savage would say, "Hey, brother, you're running at the mouth, man." 
Oh, that's too. Oh, that. Uh, see, that's too wild. Yeah. See, you got to you got to get me to not start going into the wrestling impersonations, or I will go crazy with them. So, but all all mine are old school. So I'm old school. So. So you can do the American Dream, Dusty Rose. We're gonna go to the ring, baby, and then we're gonna then we're gonna go out to the bar, and then we're gonna have a couple beers, baby, and then we're gonna wrestle again tomorrow, baby. Um, the American Dream, Dusty Rose. I am uh, the so hip now, maker, the record breaker. <laughs> I have climbed to heights that mere mortal men have only dreamt of reaching. Man, I'll tell you what. This, uh, Matthias, this is the best. Uh, well, I'm not going to take it away from past guests, but I, this is the funnest interview we've ever done so uh, to this point ah. uh, on on 89.1 Kens FM. So now, you know, you mentioned you 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 had your agent call you and say, "Hey, you got 50 covers uh, to do." Now, let me ask you this: Do yeah. they do, do you uh, do you basically uh, do they basically tell you what they want and then you draw it, or do you have uh, artistic licensing, or I, I don't know what the term is? Uh, uh, yeah. But do, do you uh, do you do you get your say, or do you have to do it exactly what they what they tell you? And you say, well, you know, we could do it that way, but if I if if I did it like this, it would be even better. Does that ever happen, or do you just have to strictly happens, stick to what they want? All, well, it happens all the time, actually, and. Um, you know, to answer your first, you know, the first part of your question was, you know, how did they do it? And it really depends on the publisher. Um, some publishers are awesome. Well, I say that from my perspective, some artists like to be kind of told what to do. Believe it or not, I know that sounds weird, an artist being told what to do and liking it. But, you know, some artists, you know, because we, you know, we're constantly having to come up with ideas start with blank paper and try to make them great and something that people will like and will sell and put butts in seats and all that good kind of stuff. But, you know... I like that Tony Schiavone quote there. Thank you. There, see, I was going to catch and see if y'all caught that. Um, you know, that's... By the way, Tony Schiavone, Tony Schiavone, like, increased my vocabulary as a kid. That's where I first learned the word profusely. Um, so, you know... He used that a lot, yes. Yes. Bleeding profusely. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, some the ones I enjoy working with the most are the ones that are like, this. we're going to get you to do the cover of this book and pick one of these three female characters um, and then do something cool. I, I love that because I can really get into it and I can really get creative with it. The most dreaded covers of mine and the ones that are like pulling teeth are the ones that are like, as soon as the publisher calls you up and says, hey, we've got a good idea, you know it's not going to be. And there's nowhere <laughs> on that front cover, there's nowhere on that front cover where I can put a little box that says, I had nothing to do with the idea and the concept of this. You know? It's like, everybody thinks like, oh, well, Greg Bo came up with this great idea and and i'm sitting there like oh boy you know but it you know it's just it just depends like i said it just depends on the publisher i mean some are really tight and uh now i mean sometimes you know they're like uh want to sell the book just want to put like a gorgeous girl on the front sometimes they want that gorgeous girl but they want it to relate to the story which i can see that and i can make that happen there's no problem 
the but I hate the ones that come up with the idea in their head, and it sounds great on paper until you start drawing it, and then it's like everything is in this but the kitchen sink, you know. It's like you know oh, what if we had go ahead. Well, well, piggybacking on that, you know, it's like when you say, uh, you know, it's like I don't want to be tagged to this. I mean, I I had nothing to do with this, but. You know, let's say that uh, it happens in reverse, and then you're like thinking, "Oh, this is just going to be terrible." I, 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 I don't want people to know I, I, I did this. And then someone comes up and says, "Hey, you know what? That's the coolest thing I've ever seen." Then are you like, "Do you like, like, really?" Or are you like, "Oh yeah, of course it is." You know, because I thought the of funny? it. Oh, it was my idea. It was the greatest thing that ever happened. You know, no, uh, you know, I, I just. That so rarely happens, you'd be surprised. Um, it, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it may have happened once in my career where, you know, something that I was like, oh, this is a horrible idea. Um, usually, I, you know, I've been doing this so long, and I had a background in marketing and, um, you know, the ad design world. So we kind of had to, you know, keep our fingers on the pulse of what people wanted and, 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 I can usually see a stinker coming a mile away. You know, as Jim Cornette would say, it fell flatter than a pancake. Um, <laughs> it didn't get released. It, it didn't get a, it didn't it didn't get released. It escaped. So you know, um, that kind of you know that that happens more often than not. And, and you know, I don't like doing with those covers, but I go from okay, this is something I don't really. I don't really believe in this layout. I don't believe in this design, but now here's my challenge. As a professional, I've got to take what they give me and try my best to bring it to a certain level that will at least drag this dog of an idea across the finish line. And, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, when Terry Taylor goes up to WWF and they say, hey, buddy, we're going to make you the Red Rooster. You know, you've just got to. You know, and I actually love that character. I actually love that character. Yeah, I know, and that. <laughs> you know, and I told them. I actually, t- I actually talked to Terry Taylor. A little sidebar here. I know you don't care, but uh, neither do our listeners. But actually, I, uh, I actually. <laughs> I, I actually contacted Terry Taylor, and I told him how much yeah. I enjoyed the Red Rooster, especially when he beat up on Bobby the Brain Heenan, and he's like, "So you wanted me on your show." And I'm like, yeah. He said, you like the Red Rooster? Well, uh, I, I think I'm busy. Okay. I, I said, how about next week? Uh, I said, when do you want me on? Uh, he said, when, do you, when would you like me on? And I said, oh, well, I'm busy then, too. I didn't even get a date out. You know, uh, or as uh, Jim Cornette would say, Bill better than a pancake. He came out of a box. Miserable. No. <laughs> <laughs> Greg Bolt Watson's our yeah, Greg Greg Watson's our guest here. We got uh we got eleven minutes here. Now uh you know, you mentioned you uh and I kinda did a sidebar and I kinda went away from the question. So, you know, your agent said, you know, you got fifty covers to do. How long does it take you to do uh one cover, uh or does it depend on the complexity of it or uh how they want you to do it? Well, it's actually, you know, we're we're talking agent, it's actually my color who colors my oh, okay. work, you know, I'll do the pencil, you know, and, and thank God for her because I'm ADD and she, she keeps a list 
like a Google Sheet, and she's the one that, oh, here's what we've got coming up, and I'm like, oh, okay. But um, how long does it take me to do it? It it depends. It's like last week I flew through like five covers. Um, you know, so that's about a cover a work day, you know. Um, you know, from, from concept to working out what I'm going to do costume-wise, what I'm going to do pose-wise, doing the layout, uh, doing the rough pencils, then the tight pencils, and then going over the top and inking it and then scanning it and sending it up to Gwen, um, my colorist. And um, usually usually about a day. I have sometimes when I've been under pressure, but I've been feeling I was on the jazz, so I could do two in a day. But um, then sometimes, I, you know, I hit a wall, and, you know, it takes me three days to get to a cover. So it, it, it just really depends. But I, I'd like to say, like, my average is, I'd say my average is probably a day and a half to two days. So have you ever uh, have you ever ever been asked to do an entire comic book? I've done several in, uh, entire comic books. I've written two, and I've written two. I have drawn all the interiors of those books. Plus, I wrote the book, um, inked the book, lettered the book, the whole nine yards in most cases. But for Zenoscope. Uh, I started out, I did, the first thing I did for them was a six-issue series called Down the Rabbit Hole uh, with Alice in Wonderland. And then I've done a lot of interiors for, let's say I did like Alice in Wonderland, I think Grim Fairy Tales. Um, I did, oh, I did a lot of, um, I did uh, Grim Tales of Terra, which is kind of like the old EC horror comics, like Tales from the Crypt, stuff like that. Um but instead of having like an old craggly crypt keeper, it was a hot babe named Death. Um, and then some way, somehow, I got moved over to covers, and I've been doing covers ever since. I enjoy that, doing co- I, I, love the, I love doing the storytelling, the sequential storytelling, because that's like the heart of comics. And it's a uniquely, it's a unique art form. I mean, you can argue it goes all the way back to the cave paintings in Lascaux or to the Egyptian hieroglyphs, but I think it was really a uniquely developed, comics were uniquely developed an American art form um, starting out. And, um, you know, I love doing the interiors and stuff, but they just, it's so grueling, and it shuts my studio down for like a month because uh, I'm all, you know, just working on nothing but, you know, the interiors. Um I, I enjoy doing covers more because I get to work with more characters in a month than more varied comic books, and I get to work with some really, really, really cool publishers. Uh, we have uh, Greg Bo Watson as our guest here. we got uh, seven minutes here with our buddy here. So now, we, you know, you mentioned that uh, you'd rather do covers than do it like a full comic book, but is there anything that you really, really would refuse to do, even even if they paid you Six figures, what, you would still never do it. What would that be? Some of the Marvel and DC storylines that they're doing nowadays. Uh, I, I, I seriously, I, I stay as far away from those right now as possible. I'm, I'm doing so much stuff like in the independents right now. Uh, the big two was when I got out of art school, oh, man, I just wanted to go to the big two, Marvel or DC. And I, I've done a project for DC. I did a project 
for Marvel, but um, nowadays the stories are just so uh, that you know I just it's it, it, it's almost like it's almost like I'm stabbing an old friend if I'm if I'm taking part in some of those stories. Does that make sense? Yes. So so basically, but, uh, like 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 some of the Marvel stuff now, like for instance, like the new Thorn stuff, you're not you don't really comp to that stuff then. Well, it's not that I don't comp to it. It's just I think that you know we're in such a divided country right now with politics and stuff, and comics should be a place where you can get away from all that. I, I don't care what right. you put in or whatever, but you know that doesn't bother me. But uh, I'm not a real political guy, but. And that's probably what bothers me that every everything now out of Marvel and DC has to. There's not just a political message behind it, but it's like they write the political message on a bat, and with every page beat you over the head with it, and then right. they sacrifice the story. You know, and the independents have come up and filled that void. Where sure, there's some independents that do that same thing, but it's it's a lot rarer there. Um. So, I, I guess nowadays, but in, uh, that that's probably my main answer. But if you if you narrow me down, probably the more fun answer for people would be one of my favorite comics and got me into comics as a medium was Daredevil. I love okay. Daredevil, love the character, love the story. Uh, Daredevil is one of my favorite characters of all time. But as an artist, I really wouldn't want to draw Daredevil just because. For me, there's not a lot to work with because it's a skin tight suit. Are you sure you can do a lot with his billy club grappling hook? Maybe, but you know, there's not anything like a big cape or a lot of hair, or you know. And and you guys can probably tell I don't like drawing a lot of guys. <laughs> um, right. Which is I've funny, noticed that. Which is funny. Well, which is funny because before I started working for Zenoscope, you know, I, I drew all the male heroes. That's mainly what I drew. And then when I went over to Zenoscope, I was like, oh, goodness, I've got to get my girls up to snuff. So, you know, I sat down and just deep dived into old, like, 1940s pinup, uh, some of the 1940s pinup artists, et cetera, and um, really kind of did a deep dive uh, trying to perfect drawing the women. And now I'm kind of known for that. So, you know, there's worse things to be known for, I guess. Well, you know, uh uh, you know, not that any of our listeners care, but uh, I, we, me and my wife did go see Thor this weekend, and of course, you yeah. know, my wife lo- loves Thor, and of course, I, I don't have the muscle mass that Thor does, uh, but you know, she went because she loves Thor. I, I went because I wanted to see Nat- Natalie Portland's muscles on the on the on the giant screen, which I got to see. Uh, you know, Queen Amidala has grown up. Uh, and I, yeah. I I really enjoyed the film, you know. I just like I just like me some Natalie Portman. Uh we have uh right. Greg Bo Watson's our guest here. We got about uh, three minutes, so we can do this here, Greg. Uh if our fans wanted to check check you out, you have a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? Absolutely. I've got my Twitter is uh all one word wicked Greg Bo. Wicked is in Wicked Witch and Greg Bo is in me. Um Instagram would be just Gregbo, and Facebook I have two. I've just got Facebook.com forward slash Gregbo and Facebook.com forward slash Gregbo Watson, all one word. Um, those are those are probably the main places to find me. 
You have a website too, don't you? Or did you mention that? Yeah, I, yes, I do. But uh, what I did was is uh, I kind of changed my website around so that it's just kind of like a fine post to go to my social media. Because oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I got to where I draw. I got to where you know professionally I draw so much and I spend so much time drawing that I really don't have a lot of time to keep up with the website. So, um, and I'm on social so much when I'm posting new things that I figure I would just use gregbow.com and you can go there and it'll post you, it'll send you to all my various little books and grams and what all the kids are doing these days. Because I, I, I do love your Elvira uh, drawing on your website, which is kind of cool. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you. I actually did that for Elvira for, um, well, I did it for Monster Palooza. She was going to be there that year, and I did it for somebody for Monster Palooza for Elvira, and which was which was really cool. That's awesome. And uh, like I say, Greg, if you if you can if you can uh, if you can uh, ever have a chance to, uh, to get to it, I did send you a picture of uh, all our hosts here. Uh, you know, like when you get to it, maybe you know next year or whatever. If you could do like a character thing uh, of of all of us or something uh, that we can hang up in the studio and then sign it uh, for the station here, we we'd be honored to do that. And whatever you can send us That's for autographs great. too, we'd we would appreciate. Well, I'll definitely do that, and uh, that'd be great. Yeah, I'm glad you told me it was you guys. I thought it was the police lineup coming through. Uh, well, you know, I'll tell you, I've been in one police lineup, and you know what? I never, ever get picked for anything. Ah! You know? <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, real real <laughs> story about it. <laughs> Thanks, Big Swing. You know, yeah, one quick story about that. I remember uh, I got to play uh, golf with Billy Crystal one time, uh, and uh, he said, so so your name's the icon, right? I said, yeah. So he said, uh, with the way you golf, I bet your nickname in high school was pick him last. And I'm like, thanks. (laughs) Appreciate that. Uh, but I'll tell you what, Greg, you're awesome. We love you. We're definitely going to have you back on again, and uh, we would uh, we appreciate uh, you taking time on our schedule. You are awesome. Thank you, sir. Hey, gladly, guys. I have really enjoyed it. All right, thanks, Greg. Bo, love you. All right, love you guys. Keep rocking, okay? Uh, all right, thanks, but. Uh, Greg Bo Watson, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it looks like our next guest is waiting the wings. We're going to take a quick little commercial break, and we will be back after we hear from their, our sponsor, and then we'll be back with our next guest. As you know, 89.1 Ken's FM is funded through donations by our listeners and sponsorships from area businesses. If your business would like to sponsor Ken's FM and reach thousands of young adults and college students every day, contact us at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. Any one of us can help you get your sponsorship started. We have many packages available to fit your budget. So contact us today at 218-585-3067 or at info at kensfm.com. And thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room, walking down the aisle, about to enter the ring right now, he is what you would call the man behind the horror. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, he is our man. He is Jesse Hobson. Hey, this is Jesse Joe Danger Hobson. You're listening to the Attitude Era Monday Live Monday on 
106.1 Kins FM with your host, the icon, the big swing. That was my nickname in high school. Not sure why. Granny Hulkster and the modern nightmare, Matthias. Hopefully I got all those right. You did, except it's 89.1, not 18.1, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. Uh, oh, man, I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Well, I, well, a lot of people are uh, nervous when they get to meet the icon, but Jesse Hobson's our guest. We're on 89.1 Ken's FM. We got, uh, well, we got about uh, 28 minutes with Jesse. Here's what we're going to do, uh, uh, Jess. If you want to give us a little background about yourself, then we'll ask you a few questions. Then we'll go to the modern nightmare. Then we'll come back to me, and I'm going to ask you the tougher questions. Okay. So uh, I'm going to give you a little bit of my bio here. Jesse Hobson is the author of several memoirs from his various lives, a collection of My Little Pony fan fiction novels, as well as the forthcoming alien-themed erotica Blumper Fluff series, which he insists is sure to be his seminal work. He has walked near many colleges but hasn't attended none of them. He has won numerous awards, including several not created and awarded by his mother. And many of his works have skyrocketed to double-digit sales. He was convicted of first-degree murder and remains on death row in San Quentin State Prison while his case is on appeal to the Supreme Court of California. He maintains his innocence. Due to good behavior, though, he is currently allowed to write reviews for a website called CineDump.com. To kill time, Jesse enjoys collecting VHS tapes and playing with his pet cat, Eli. Well, I'll tell you what, I had no idea we had uh, we had one of uh, America's Most Wanted here with us, but that's cool. Uh <laughs> Uh, so now, Jesse, I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that you've been involved in, and then uh, uh, I will have the Matthias fill in the blanks, and we'll uh, we'll continue. But uh, you know, you have a few cool things that I uh, uh, on your uh, we get uh, we we do get all our information, uh, our all our resources from imdb.com. So if uh, anything is incorrect, blame them, not us. Uh, First off, it looks like uh, you uh, uh, you're you, you're from Texas, right? That's correct, Houston, Texas. And uh, your name is uh, Joe Danger, of course. That's right. Nickname and, uh, came in, in high school and then kind of just stuck. It's been with me since oh, like early two thousands. And uh, you uh, you did uh, a few things that uh, you, you you got a cool couple of cool things that we we want to talk about that you're, that you're doing now that are in post production and a few of your past projects like VFW, uh, Puppet Master, The Last Reich, and uh, what is it Shattered Condition? Uh, uh, it was like a, a golf uh, movie or something like a uh, a golf horror film or something. Yeah, so a, little, a few of those were filmed in Dallas. Shared Condition was a, a short film that I was a part of back in college. Uh, I, I was it took place on a golf course. I was just uh, I was more behind the scenes, and that's kind of how my I guess you could call it a career at this point started uh, was behind the camera, and then slowly but surely I found my way to the other side of the camera. And. Uh... And we know that that uh, that golf movie is better than Caddyshack too. We know this. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's it, it it wasn't intentionally supposed to take place on a golf course. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. It was uh, a class project that kind of uh, you know took on a life of its own. Uh, shared condition. It's on my YouTube channel, Jesse Hobson. Uh, you can search it on there, and uh, it's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. 
And uh, there's, uh, and then I will uh, after uh, Matthias has a few questions. Well, we're going to come back to me. And I'm going to ask you about your current projects. But uh, there's one thing I'm I'm really kind of curious about, and, and apparently it's filming right now. Correct me if uh, the information is wrong, but uh, you're doing a series called BHS Hoarders. Is that correct? Yeah. So um, yeah, I like back when I graduated high school or not high school college, I um, was kind of very um, adamant about posting on YouTube. I took a break from posting on YouTube uh, when I moved back to Texas. And uh, that's kind of where I started getting back on to, uh, you know, sharing my collection, uh, you know, posting my pickups, things like that. Then um, over time, you know, these documentary companies reach out to me about uh, what we have, what I've, you know, what new I have, what input I have on, uh, you know, VHS or physical media. So I've been a part of a few do- documentaries, uh, Physical Media Lives. I was also associate producer, VHS Love. And then, yeah, VHS Hoarders, I believe, is in post-production right now. Should be available anytime, anytime soon. So now are you able to uh, tell us a little bit about that, or uh, do you have to kind of keep it uh, kayfabe? No, this, this is all good. Like with this, basically they reach out to a bunch of collectors. Uh, they have like a itemized list of questions. We answer all of those questions. It's all self-produced, so that's why we get the uh, producer credit as well. And, um, you know, some people have better equipment than others, so once the editor gets a hold of all the film, you know, they kind of, uh, you know, edit the film in a way that it actually tells a little bit of a story. It's, uh, you know, they obviously not everyone is as good on camera as everybody else, so they pull what they want to kind of tell the story and ultimately by the end of it, there's usually a two-hour film, you know, or a documentary. It's a lot of talking heads, a lot of B-roll, you know, something you would maybe see on, like, um, an edgier PBS or an edgier, uh, like, uh, documentary-style series. Well, you know, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Of course there's no one better in front of the camera than Matthias uh, Mr. Hobson and uh, the icon, there's definitely no one better in front of the camera than us. We know this. That's why we're like the the, the pep boys of the BHS, Matthias, icon, and uh, Jesse. But uh, now, Matthias, uh, I don't know if you. I, I've never really ta- talked to you uh, about uh, your video collection. If you're into DVDs or VHS or uh, Blu-ray or 4K, but. Uh, what do you have for our guest, Jesse Hobson? We're on 89.1, Kansas Evan, and we've got 22 minutes. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to start off by saying welcome onto the show. It's always a pleasure having a fellow uh, movie fan, movie buff on the show with us. Uh, I used to collect VHSs, of course, when I was a kid, but then, of course, you know, my parents wanted to collect DVDs, you know, growing with the times and that kind of stuff, but I was kind of like keeping it old school. Um but uh, what was one of your, my main question would be, what is one of your most interesting projects you've ever been a part of? And it could have been from like a small role of being backstage, or it could have been one of the, the bigger roles you've ever uh, gotten to be a and part you, of. And you can't say this, this show because that would be too easy. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so uh, I was on Tiger King uh, Season 2, Episode 1, so that that jumps out, but that was just something that they kind of pulled from my YouTube channel and then ultimately threw me into a, a, I guess like a montage uh, in the beginning of the episode. That was really cool, really interesting. Um, But I would, and that's 
going to be typically my go-to answer, but the most fun experience would be uh, Cult of Blood, which is in post-production right now. Uh, director Robbie Lopez, uh, again, found my YouTube channel. Him and I, you know, had some correspondence, and ultimately he wrote this character, uh, Joey Danger, which is a very heightened version of myself. Uh, it's like a YouTube slash blogger type guy. And uh, I got to film a basically a movie, a dream uh, situation with, you know, Dave Sheridan of Scary Movie, Phyllisa Rose. Um, you know, you, you guys might know her from um, what's the Sleepaway Camp, you know, the bit. Yeah, the infamous scene at the end of the movie. Uh, we got uh, Michael St. Michaels. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with the Greasy Strangler. If you if you are not, I would definitely suggest checking that out. And then you got some up and comers. You know, Nikhil Matheson, uh, and then also Caitlin E. Newberry. So uh, for me, oh, and Kyle Emmett. You know, there's there Dan Gregory. There's a lot of people in this film that uh, Larissa Dolly. Um, you know, these are people that uh, I, I look up to, and especially Caitlin and, and Mikkel, you know, Mikkel actually teaches acting, you know, in California, and then Caitlin, I've, I've seen her movies. I review them on my website, cinedump.com. So to be sitting there acting, you know, amongst these people that either I grew up watching or, um, you know, that I respect on a day-to-day basis – and then they're telling me that, man, you actually might have a future in this. Uh, that was probably the coolest, you know, experience outside of the actual production, just getting the nod from people that, you know, I respect, you know, and that do this every single day, live, breathe, eat this stuff. And they're telling me that I'm doing a okay job. You know, that's really cool to me. Yeah. And then uh, you would say probably that horror is one of your favorite genres of film. Yeah, I like um, I like horror, you know, just because when I was a kid, like, those were the boxes that, like, scared me or, like, that made me, like, ultimately feel things. I like just odd, um, odd movies, but, uh, you know, you'll probably find this even stranger, but Beauty and the Beast is one of my favorite films of all time, the, the Disney animated classic. Um, I also love Eternal Sunshine, uh, Garden State. Um, but yeah, my go-to is, is definitely going to be horror. Okay. And then, uh, I like to talk about uh, horror films a lot when I'm on this show, talking to fellow horror fans. Um, what would you say would be one of your favorite, um, parts of horror? Would it be the more of the paranormal? Are you a slasher film uh, fan or like, what's your kind of go-to for the horror genre in general? So it's a little bit like outside the box. Like I like, I, I like all of it. Like, there's movies that stick out to me as far as, like, you know, a, a little bit above the rest. The Shining is my ultimate favorite horror film of all time. But that's because uh, Kubrick took a, you know, a, a medium and made it that much better. He made something a little, like, he took something that was existing that was already good and then turned it on its head. And, um, like, The Shining has elements of a little bit of all of it. There's a little bit of slasher. There's a little bit of supernatural. There's a little piece of every element of horror within that film. And what mm -hmm. I like about horror is that it doesn't necessarily have to follow any rules. I mean, if you look at Art the Clown, he doesn't really follow slasher rules per se. And no. yet he's probably one of the most talked about um, 
you know, killers or villains within the horror genre these days, which is wild because he doesn't even follow the rules. Exactly. Yeah, I'm a, I'm more of the uh, kind of slasher kind of guy myself. I grew up with uh, Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Scream, Texas Chainsaw, Hellraiser, all that kind of stuff. Um, and every time he enters the ring, it's a horror film, too. Yeah, I mean, especially <laughs> when I interact with thumbtacks and barbed wire and glass and stuff. Well, that's a different story for a different time. Um, I was going to ask a question here if I could remember it. Um, unfortunately, we can't go into uh, favorite kills or nothing because I tried that a couple of times and I got in a little bit of trouble. Um, but what would you say <laughs> was one of your – is, is there ever a movie that you sit down and watch – at any point in time that will still like get to you, whether it scares you or it makes you cringe during a certain scene or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Uh, and, and this kind of plays into my whole, I guess, acting career. Uh, so when I was, when I was little, I, it was like USA up all night. I think it was maybe close to Halloween and I caught like a, you know how they have like the bumpers, which would like showcase like a kill. Um, and it was one of them from puppet master. So okay. I, so I saw that and you know, it's funny now watching puppet master now, it doesn't, it still affects me in the way that it did when I was a kid, just because it warped me a little bit, but it's not exactly, I mean, it's not scary, but because of the way that I, that nostalgic fear, I think gets me. And it got me so much as a child that, um, you know, I'm in Texas. My, my, my whole family mostly works in oil. My grandpa was doing some uh, business in Mexico, and he brought me back a marionette. Well, the marionette scared me so much because I, was, I, I swore that it moved. And, um, you know, it was Puppet Master. My grandpa brought me back this marionette. And then, you know, fast forward years later, I see this casting call for, for Puppet Master, The Littlest Reich. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this one back. And, you know, I got the role. I got plucked out of the extras and basically became a featured extra. And then I'm, you know, sitting next to Charlene Yee, uh, Udo Kier, uh, Matthias Hughes, Thomas Lennon. And uh, I, like, I have a pretty prominent scene that takes place in a bar scene, but the whole point of this, and the whole point I even signed up to do it was to basically take back my, I guess, childhood in a way, because mm -hmm. like, I still am, I still fear the puppet, I guess you could say, but just a little bit less, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that does. It, it always helps to go back there. Um, Cause I always like to talk about that. No movie will really ever scare me. No movie has really affected me until I watched, um, Hatchet. I don't know if you're familiar with that series at all, with Victor Crowley's The Killer. Adam Green, my man. Adam yes, Green. So, <laughs> so the second kill in the very first film, I don't know if you're familiar with that one at all, from the elderly couple, oh, yeah. the woman, that kill, yeah. every time I see it go down, like my jaw just hurts. Because I'm like, I can just feel my cheeks ripping as that's happening. I'm just like, that just that just always will make me cringe just a little bit and that's why but and that was even when I like when I was a kid and I watched Scream or Texas Chainsaw or Nightmare on Elm Street it's like nothing ever got to me and then when I first saw Hatchet and I saw that I was like yeah that still makes me cringe every time I get to see that go down it's just uh no thanks 
Yeah, I'm a big uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fan as well. Like the Stranger Things, the new season really spoke to me quite a bit. You know, obviously the the connection with Hatchet, you know, Robert England did. Uh, he's like the opening sequence of the first Hatchet. But uh, yep. as far as a- Adam Green goes, I would have to say that my favorite film of his is Digging Up the Marrow. It's a fantastic film. Okay, cool. Uh, Jesse Hobson's our guest here. Yes, I have. Okay, cool. Uh, Jesse Hobson's our guest here. We got uh, we're on eighty nine point one Ken's FM. We're live and we have twelve minutes here. And as our fans know, if you go to our Facebook page, Attitude Era Monday Live Monday like that, go to uh, Ken's FM eighty nine point one page like that. Do a ten dollar month uh, donation to Power of the Tower. We'll get you qualified to win a autograph from past guests, current guests, future guests. Uh, Jesse, would you be willing to send us a few autographs for giveaways? Not a problem at all. Awesome. I'll send you the address, and we'll uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, now, uh, there's a couple of projects that uh, you're working on now uh, that I want to uh, talk to you about. I'm going to read the tagline for each, and then we can talk about each one. And then uh, the first one, medieval vampires, horror on a planet ruled by the Vampire King, world's oldest and most cruel vampire, his chained female servants, Terrorized as Solene, the outcast, find Motel Love taking care of his sick human mother. Yeah, I think we're talking about Protégé Moi. Right, exactly. And I'm glad you said that because I had no idea. I, I know what Protégé was. I had no idea how to pronounce the other second <laughs> one. So that, one, that one's pretty cool. I like another really good cast. We got Felissa Rose, Dave Sheridan. Uh, you know, this with this particular uh, film, uh, as soon as I landed in uh, Kansas City to film Cult of Blood, uh, basically got kind of reeled in to shoot a cameo sequence, which is like it's a it's a stinger. So it's going to be what happens after um, at, once the film's over. So like it's uh, it has uh, T- Tamara Glenn, who you guys might know from Halloween five, Freddy's Nightmares. Yep. Uh, who else we got? Uh, uh, Ricky Ramon. Um, I mean, there's yeah. This is this is another really cool one. Uh, this one has a lot of CG, so this one's also in post production. This actually was shot and basically near finished editing um, once I arrived to film Cult of Blood. So this one should be up next, depending on if if Robbie knocks out the CG first. It just it just kind of depends on which one uh, you know gets finalized. And you know you uh, you do it seems like you do do a lot of uh, uh, vampire stuff. Uh, you know I have a friend she is a vampire. I'd love to hook you up with her because uh, you know she I mean she just is the epitome of what a vampire is. You know, I mean, she got she got the fangs, she got the whole works. You know, I'd like to hook you up with her. I think uh, she'd be perfect for you. You know. Well, unfortunately, I'm off the market. Like, uh, I have a lovely young lady that's waiting for me downstairs. She, she, we no, went no, on no, vacation. no, no. I'm not talking about that. I'm <laughs> talking about have her. I'm not. I have her be in one of your movies. Oh, oh. Well, I. <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time someone propositioned me. So, I, yeah. I mean, uh, what's cool about Cult of Blood is actually that character that that uh, Dave Sheridan plays is based on a real vampire king that lives in Chicago. Uh, I believe Robbie Lopez, the director was in Chicago for like a convention. And there is like these areas where people just 
live and uh, are vampires. Well, he went back to go film a documentary uh, of this guy, of Todd, who is the, the vampire king of the partic- this one particular area, and Todd disappeared. So instead of following through with the documentary, he just decided to write the script. Um, if you want to, yeah, uh, have your friend reach out to me through socials, or I can, you know, reach out. And if anything comes up, yeah, that would definitely be something that we can make happen. Now, the the other thing I was going to add, yeah, as a matter of fact, what I'll do is I'll send you her profile um, so you can check it. I mean, uh, like I say, she's she's been an awesome friend of mine, and uh, I, you know, everybody will tell you that while the icon will try and put himself over first, but that's not my that's not my thing. Uh, I always like to try and put my friends over first, and then I put myself yeah. over. But uh, the uh, well, yeah. Anyway, uh, it's it is what it is. So what I'll do is I'll I'll send you her information, and then uh, we can go from there. Uh, now the next one I want to talk about, uh, and uh, then I'm going to ask you a few other uh, cool questions. Uh, an unsuspected group of young adults, online influencers, isn't there significant others find themselves crossing paths with a killer cult of strung out vampires in a one wild night of drunken partying, only to realize things aren't so funny, and this party's looking more like an evil blood ritual with a lord of darkness in the front row. If you ever need anybody to yeah, read any of your movie lines, let me know. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying. I'm trying out right now. Yeah, that's the uh, the Cult of Blood one. That one has the uh, the really cool eclectic cast. That, you know, like I think I mentioned earlier, Robbie found me through my YouTube channel, and then you know, one thing led to another, and I found myself in in Kansas City. Uh, you know, and it's funny, uh, Gran- uh, Granny Hulkster, uh, she's from Arkansas, and she's a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. And I, I know you don't care, but... Uh, Texas you know, Raiders! And she, and she doesn't like the Raiders. Uh, that's why the big swing keeps playing that. Now, I was going to ask you, do you think you can hook us up with Dave Sheridan? As, as, Dave, as yeah, I could probably, I, 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 yeah, I could probably do that. Yeah, he I will uh, your ear off though. I'm warning you. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. Well, Icon talks our ear off week after week, so let's let have somebody else speak <laughs> for the first time. And let <laughs> and let him know. I, I'll tell you what. Let him know. I'll do a whole show with just him. I'm sure he'd be happy to do that. All right, we, we need to take a. We need to do a quick little legal thing. We'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to 89.1 Ken's FM, KNNZ-FM, Holly, Fargo-Moorhead. Independent public radio for Fargo-Moorhead and the Valley. Also on the web at www.kensfm.com. All right, and Jesse, so we can do this here. We have Jesse Hobson. We have uh, five minutes here on 89.1 Ken's FM, live every Monday night from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central. If our fans want to check out Seed, you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a Twitch, a TikTok. What do you got? I'm everywhere, man. So first and foremost, just Google Jesse, J-E-S-S-I-E, like a lady, Hobson, H-O-B as in boy, S-O-N, like a boy, not a man. And then, um, you know, you can find me on CineDump.com, C-I-N-E, Dump.com. That's my website where we do interviews, we uh, uh, reviews, we buy and sell shit on there. Oh, excuse me, we buy and sell stuff on there. 
And uh, we have a little bit of, of everything that you're looking for as far as media-related goods go. Now, I know you guys do wrestling stuff, so uh, I just want to mention that I do have a really good interview with Sergeant Slaughter on there. I have interview with Eli Roth. I had an interview with uh, Emil Hirsch. Um, you know, and then for you know my MMA fans, I literally just did an interview with um, Sean Patrick Flannery of uh, Boondock Saints fame, and then I have a couple of interviews with some Mortal Kombat guys. Uh, you know, from that played uh, Scorpion, Sub Zero, and one of my interviews is doing really really well. Damian Chapa from Blood In Blood Out uh, is uh, is up and available. But um, yeah, all day every day I'm on Twitter, Joe underscore Danger. Jesse Hobson on Facebook. I just, uh, I guess, passed the limit amount for friend requests. So if you guys can't add me, I know that I will say something. Yeah, I will. I will say something offensive on Facebook. You know, probably within the week, and then uh, you know, one of those slots will open up. So uh, yeah, just hit me up, and we can be friends via Messenger until that point. And, uh, you know, the other cool thing, uh, Jesse, is the fact that, uh, you know, I was kind of like checking this out on YouTube, uh, the VHS hoarders. How many VHS do you yourself have? Just an estimate? Oh, I, I honestly, I have, I have no idea. Like in, so if you guys check out my YouTube channel, just type Jesse Hobson or send a dump in the search bar of YouTube. Uh, you'll see my backdrop is literally a, uh, wall of, of VHS, like it's an entire wall of VHS, and that's not even my entire collection. So it's it's probably all the stuff that I kind of care about the most. It's like the the stuff that never made it to DVD. It's the recordings from television. It's like old school ECW. It's old school Cactus Jack. You know the Japanese death matches. It's uh, Pride VHS tapes. You know the MMA stuff that never. Uh, you know, made it out of Japan. Um, so I like kind of gravitate towards the stuff that never left VHS. And um, on the sidewall to my left where you can't see behind me, I have all DVDs. But for the most part, my stuff is mostly VHS. And uh, if if you venture to my garage, there's even more that are just in tubs that I haven't even uh, started going through just yet. So there's there's more than enough. I'll just I'll just say that I'm compensating. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Well, let me ask you this: and do you uh, do you do like what me and my wife do? Uh, we go to thrift stores every every weekend, and you know you, you can always uh, buy like a bag full of VHS for like a dollar, whatever can fit in a grocery bag or whatever. Do you ever do that? Yeah, you know, down here, um, it, like it's kind of getting to the point now where. Uh, you know, everything was priced at 49 cents and then now it's 99 cents. And now some thrift stores are pricing their VHS to 99 cents or, uh, excuse me, $2. Just they're like assuming that these things are, are valuable. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some that are valuable, just like anything else. But for the most part, you know, um, a Disney clamshell is not going to be, you know, it's not going to help you pay your, your mortgage. Um, you, the, the hot stuff or the stuff that's going to be sought after and, you know, might be able to uh, eventually pay off your car is going to be the stuff that, if you have enough of them, is going to be the stuff that you can't find. It's not going to be in a thrift store necessarily. Um, as far as, like, the other – like, if, if it's not on VHS, I want it in the highest quality available. So, like, if it's new, I want it on Blu-ray or 4K. 
um, if it's only available on DVD, I want it on DVD. So uh, it's like these little internal rules that I make with myself that kind of allow me to have a little bit more space and make my collection a little bit that much more bigger. You know, and uh, real quick here, we only got about 30 seconds, but, uh, you know, probably one of the uh, more famous uh, VHS, of course, is The Little Mermaid with the uh, adult uh, thing in the uh, the, the, the the castle. Yep, yep, and uh, I happen to own that, and I also, uh, not that anybody cares, but I also own a, a rare copy of Fantasia where they actually printed the label of uh, the VHS on the back side where where the reels are instead of on the front side they they put it on the back side which is kind of cool and that's that's a rare uh uh issue as well so uh we have Jesse Hobson uh our our our, our so we have about uh, 25 seconds uh you know Jesse I want to thank you for uh coming on the show tonight taking time out of your busy schedule you have been so awesome and uh if uh, we didn't scare you away too much we'd love to have you back on again and because uh, our the chat room's going crazy they they have more questions for you so we would love to have you on again awesome yeah the one thing i do want to mention real quick before we go i know we're running out of time is if you haven't seen it i am in vfw go check that out directed by joe bagos amazing cast stephen lang william sadler fred williamson uh, my, Martin Cove, uh, David Patrick Kelly from Warriors, George Went from Cheers. I get killed twice in this film because they, they dress me up again, again uh, to get killed a second time. So not only do I get killed by Norm from Cheers, I also get killed by, Steve, uh, by Stephen Lang of Avatar fame. So check that out. I'm in it. I'm in it with my wife. Great film. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade that experience for the world. That's awesome, and uh, I'll be in contact with you uh, so you can hook us up with uh, uh, Mr. Sheridan, and uh, we'll definitely have you on again. You have been so awesome, sir, and we do appreciate you you being with us tonight. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Jesse Hobson, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we have our next guest, Wedding Wings. We're going to take a quick little break, and we'll be back after we hear these messages, and then we're going to have a lot of fun with the big man on campus. Real quick here, one second. Ladies and gentlemen, the new clocks are here. The new clocks are here. Yes, for a limited time, you can get your very own 89.1 Ken's FM clock. For a $25 donation, you can get a classic analog round-faced clock with the 89.1 Ken's FM logo on the front. Just go to our website, www.kensfm.com, and under the More Merch tab, you will find the clocks along with numerous other new merch you can order. Get yours now while supplies last. We have these in limited quantity, so order now at www.kensfm.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's uh, let's uh, go to our uh, our next guest here, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we have. Uh, well, I want I, I want to introduce this uh, this gentleman correctly, ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle, he can tell you exactly what the Pink Panther said when he stepped on an ant. He can also tell you why he won an Oscar for his performance in the movie Revenge of the Nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the man himself. He is Brad Grunberg. Hey. This is Brad Grumberg. You're listening to the Attitude Error Monday Live Monday on 89.1 Ken's FM, 
with your host, the icon, the big swing, granny hoaxer, and the modern-day nightmare, the highest. Ladies and gentlemen, the icon. Hey, Brad. How are you, buddy? Thanks for joining us tonight, man. We have uh, Brad Grinberg is our guest here, and we have uh, 37 minutes, and we're going to cover a lot of stuff in a short, uh, short amount of time, so we're going we're gonna to get this going, Brad. How are you tonight, buddy? 37 minutes? What are you talking? I'm, I'm, you keep me on for two hours like the last guy. Come on. I'm kidding. I'm doing well. You know what? I'm very blessed. I'm on your show. Thanks for having me, Scott. So, uh, well, I think that's Icon. I don't know who Scott is, but anyway. Uh, so oh, Brad, excuse me. I, it's a friend of mine. <laughs> uh, okay, so, so yes, Brad, tell us, what did uh, the Pink Panther say when he stepped on an ant? Dead ant, dead ant, dead ant. <laughs> and what did what's the dirtiest thing ever said on television? Icon Ward, I think you were a little uh, Ward, I think you were a little on the beaver last night. <laughs> yeah, exa- yes, exactly. PG, there you go. Leave it to Beaver. So, Probably a lot of people that are listening don't even know what that is, right? Right. Well, you know, we we do have a lot of uh, older fans, but uh, we're, we're going to go through. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about uh, the movies that you've been in and uh, your appearances. Uh, but uh, first off, I, I do want to ask about, uh, now, was Revenge of the Nerds your first movie that you were in? Yeah, it's funny uh, you mentioned that because my friend uh, Mark Schiller was just in town in Los Angeles visiting, and uh, how that all came about was I was going to the University of Arizona, and Mark was going to, my best buddy was going to the Northwestern, and he called me up one day and he said to me, hey, Brad, they're filming a movie next semester at the University of Arizona. I go, what? No, they're not. He goes, yes, they are. I just read it in Variety. He said, we should write the producer, Peter McGregor Scott. God bless him. He's changed my life forever. May he rest in peace. He was in a terrible car accident uh, in New York City, and I, I think about him every day after you hear this story. So we wrote Peter McGregor Scott a letter, and he called me at home Christmas break, and he said, uh, Brad, I got your letter. I'm filming the movie. I'm coming to Tucson, Arizona. You don't want to work on my film. You want to be in my film. I said, uh, yes, sir. So when I got back to school, he, uh, he looked me up. I read, I read me and my uh, fraternity brother, Taylor Samuels, we read for a part in the movie. I never read a script in my life. I was a business major. I was always the class clown, but they never knew what sides were. We bombed terribly, terribly. And uh, I, I was so depressed because in my junior year, I was thinking only about being in the movie. They were all over campus. They were the talk of the town. It was like Hollywood came to Tucson, Arizona. And I wanted to be a part of it. And uh, so they never called me. They were about three quarters of the way uh, through the film. I came out of class one day, and they were filming by my dorm. And literally, Icon, an angel and a devil came on my shoulder, and the angel says, oh, my gosh, there's Mr. Scott. Go over there and say hello, Brad, and see if he needs anything. And then the devil goes, you're not getting poo-poo. Let's go back to the dorm room and have a nap and have a sandwich. You're a fat guy. You're not getting nothing in this movie. So the angel won. I went over to him, and Mr. Scott goes, Brad, we've been looking for you. Where have you been? Come up with some bad jokes with you and your buddy, and we're going to see the director, um, Jeff Canoe, on Thursday, and we'll see if we can get you in the movie. They love the, they love the jokes. The, uh, we got the part. The rest is history. And it changed my, the course of my life because I was a business major. I was never thinking about being an actor. I just wanted to be in one film. You know how everybody says, oh, I just want to do that one time. But I got the potato chip icon, and I, I never wanted to put the bag down. 
You know, and it's funny. Uh, we had a we had a guest on uh, two years ago, uh, Andrew uh, uh, Cassius, uh, who played Wormser, and uh, oh, he, told us, uh, great. he yeah. told us how funny of a guy that you were. So, uh, oh, and, you know, that's sweet. You, you may not you, you you may you can believe this or disbelieve this, but I've actually been trying to get you on my show for two years uh, since then, and uh, we finally mm-hmm. made that happen. And uh, I also told people that the jokes that you used in the movie Revenge of the Nerds, I told them that I wrote those for you guys, and people actually <laughs> believed me. Oh, I go, you know, funny. I got that one joke from my buddy Dave Burstein. I asked him, I go, you have any bad jokes, man? And he told me that uh, the, uh, the beaver joke, and I go, oh, that's mine. And then we came up with the other joke, which, you know, it was, it was a joke that been used a hundred times, the, the, uh, the ant joke from uh, Pink Panther. But I'm telling you, uh, they needed us. We sh- we delivered. It was a dream. I mean, a, a night shoot. All my friends were background artists, and I was on stage, and it was incredible. It's a it's a night I'll never forget. And I've been in the business. Uh, I tell the ladies, Icon, I'm 35 years old, but I've been in the business. This is my 37th year, and I want to tell your audience something. Yeah, you have, a, you have a birthday coming up November 6th. God, man, you did your homework. Should I should I should I get a uh, restraining order or what, what, what should I do here? Uh, no, no, I got, uh, I, no, you, you, you're gonna have to get you're gonna have to get in line to get in the court. <laughs> get one of those. <laughs> I know. I love it. No, I'm gonna, yes, November sixth. I'm a Scorpio, but I've been in the business 37 years, and it's funny. I, I, I'm busier now than I've ever been. I'm so blessed that I'm still in the game, still doing what I love, making people laugh and touching lives. Uh, uh, we have uh, we have our buddy here, uh, Brad Grunberg, is our guest here. We got uh, 32 minutes here with Brad. Now, Brad, I want to introduce you to uh, another one of uh, your fans here. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he was telling me uh, before we went on the air, he's seen one of your movies over 700 times, uh, and that would be uh, Get Smart and uh, Austin Powers Gold Member. So, Matthias, what do you have for our guest, Mr. Uh, Grunberg? Go ahead. Well, now you're making him seem like he needs to get a restraining order from me here. Um, I've seen a few. <laughs> I've seen a few of the movies, but just not that many times. I don't think. Um, well, now well, he's never going to come on the show. Re- now yeah, he's never going to come on the show again. Order. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, Matthias, I'm not getting a restraining order. I'm going to get uh, 24 hour security. I am a security guard for a, at a bar, so I mean I can do the job. Oh. So no worries. Okay, maybe I'll, you I'll hire you to stalk me. That's great. I'll hire you to protect you from you. That's perfect. Oh my god. Exactly. It's I perfect. It. It's absolutely no, thank perfect. Thank you. I, thank you, Matthias. I, that, that's I'm very humbled that uh, you. So Matthias, like I, think, I think you did have a question, great, right? Great like. Uh, I think one of your questions was, what was it like uh, uh, teaching The Rock how to act and get smart? Something like that. Go ahead, Matthias. What do you got? Well, uh, first off, I want to welcome you onto the show. It's always, uh, it's always a pleasure having someone new to talk to here on the, on the radio show and whatnot. Um, I, guess I, I, I guess if he wants to, if Icon wants to ask that question, I'll let him do that because I am a professional wrestler. And if The Rock were ever somehow to find out about this, and if I were to have asked that question, I really don't want to face his wrath in the middle of the ring if he gets really angry with me. So I'm just going to let Icon ask that question. Um, one of my main questions, yeah. I guess, would be, what is, what is one of your favorite um, projects you ever got to be a part of? Because from looking um, on your list here, it seems like you've been in quite a bunch of different stuff. Uh, what was one of your uh, favorite projects you've ever been, to be, been able to be a part of? And you can't well, say this show because that would be too easy. Yeah. 
Well, I, exactly. I mean, just meeting Scott, I mean, excuse me, the icon and you, Matthias, that's the, I mean, that's been my dream since I was born because, uh, you know, uh, you guys are, you know, really, you're, you're it. You're the on the pulse of life. I mean, girls know that I know you. They were going to go through me to get to you guys. Okay, maybe Well, not. I mean, I am North Dakota's um, <laughs> number one heel and a man from every woman's dream and every man's worst nightmare. So, uh, yeah, send him my oh, way. Man. And, I, and, and oh. I, I am the most handsome guy on radio. <laughs> you have a face for radio. That's right. Isn't that what they say? I do. I do. Hey, Matthias, uh, what is your, uh, your wrestling name? It is Matthias. I go by Matthias in the ring. Oh, that's your – okay, Matthias. Okay. Um, the, okay, so my highlights of my life have been uh, – I can go, I take you through. First, I mean, Revenge of the Nerds. I mean, come on. Always the first is always the best. Movie-wise. classic, uh, of course. Oh, my goodness. It was uh, – you know, like I said, it's, it's a cult classic. Um, I, was in, um, I was in Striptease with Demi Moore. And what's nice about that movie is I got to go on location. I got to hang out with Burt Reynolds. I got to meet Demi Moore. And Burt Reynolds, he told me stories about amazing stories about The Longest Yard, he made, about, about Smoking the Bandit. I mean, he was one, he's one of my all-time favorites, and I got to work with him. He was so nice to me. But going on location is one of the greatest. They fly you out. They treat you like uh, – I'm from L.A. They flew me to Florida – then they flew me back just for a table read with all the actors. Then they flew me back, and then I went out there for two months. And what the greatest thing is I had the best time in the movie. I played the DJ in the Eager Beaver. Yeah, and my parents are proud. And for the L.A. premiere, I do. I love the beaver. Let me tell you, he's a good man. Uh, I do good. When, when it comes to the beaver, I do really good work. But – the person that I got to take to the L.A. premiere was my, my 90-year-old grandma, and she was my best friend, my nanny. And today, coincidentally, is her birthday. She's 116 in heaven. We had so much fun together, and there was only one person I wanted to take to. I went to the New York premiere, but L.A. premiere, I took my grandma, and we had the best time. And it was something I'll never forget because a couple of months later, she passed on, and she went to heaven. But we had the best time. So strip tease. Then I was in, see, I, after college, I needed to get a job. My dad didn't, I had a job offer from Xerox to sell coffee machines. I turned them down to be an actor. So my dad was all over me. Got to get a job. Got to get a job. So I got a job at 20th Century Fox Studios as a waiter in the commissary. I waited on all the big stars, all the big producers, all the big directors, Mel Brooks, Stephen Bochco, may rest in peace, uh, uh, David Milch, NYPD Blue. They put me in the pilot. They put me in the pilot of NYPD Blue, and I did six or seven episodes, and I got to work with Dennis Franz, who played Andy Sipowitz, and he taught me so much about being an actor. He taught me so much about being a person, a, a mentor, a great man, and it was so funny. I would do that part. I did the pilot, and then I go back to the commissary and wait tables. Is that classic? So I, I, all of a sudden, I'm an actor, and then, I, then, then the same guys that I'm acting with, I'm waiting on uh, a couple hours later. But the granddaddy of them all just happened last year. I was in Curb Your Enthusiasm with Larry David. And let That's me tell awesome. you, it was incredible. Me, Larry David, and J.B. Smooth. And let me tell you, guys, if you know anything about the show, I'm a huge Seinfeld fan. I used to watch with my grandma every Thursday night at 9 o'clock, go over to her apartment. But working with Larry David, it's, there's no script. It's all improv. They give you a premise and you go. And to know that you were an actor and a comic 
and you go nose to nose with Larry David and J.B. Smooth at Hold Your Own, oh, there's nothing better. So those are just some of the highlights of my amazing, I'm blessed, grateful career that I've had so far to date. You know, my favorite episode of NYPD Blue that you're in was in 2005 when you were in, the episode was called La Bamba. <clears throat> and that's my all-time favorite song. And I watched it thinking that, uh, you know, it was going to be about, you know, there's going to be Richie Balance songs and stuff in there, which which there wasn't. But you played the sanitation worker. And the other episode you played uh, Leon the bartender. Uh, but you, um, you, you weren't under... Your your name you're under Johnny Cocktails if I'm not mistaken is that correct? You, yeah that's God you did your homework uh, yeah Johnny Cocktails it's my production company. Well now, I'm a, I am a big Johnny fan Cocktails. of yours. I am. Oh I really appreciate that icon really and and right back at you. I tell you something I worked at a place when my dad told me to get a job so I worked at the commissary as a waiter, and at night I was a uh, an MC at the Hollywood Tropicana Female Mud Wrestling. I was a mud wrestling MC, no nudity. My grandma even came. Girls wrestling in oil and mud, and I would auction off the opportunity to the audience, bachelor parties, horny guys like Icon and Matthias, and uh, even though he's married, and uh, our girlfriend. And I tell you, it was an incredible. I worked there 15 years. I was the MC of the MCs. I invited all my friends, beautiful girls wrestling in oil and mud. Believe it or not, it it, it was there for 20, 25 years. And I was like the number one MC, and uh, it was great. It was so much fun. Crazy job, right? But yeah, I made a good living. I hung out with beautiful women, and uh, told my jokes, my uh, my stupid jokes, and uh, made money doing it. Well, you know, I'll tell you, I, uh, you know, I uh, have, uh, you know, you talk about uh, doing stupid jokes, and uh, everybody that listens to the show know that I, I always have like uh, ten or twelve of them on the show. But you know, my. Uh, uh, Brad, if I could indulge you real quick, you know uh, my favorite joke here, and I'm going to tell it to you, and then you can uh, then you can rate it. I'm sure uh, Big Swing will rate it too. But you know, uh, every once in a while here in Fargo, we have issues with flooding. You know, and uh, okay. every once in a while, you'll see a guy standing by the river out here, the Red River, and he always is waving his toothbrush. I said, "Dude, what are you doing?" He said, "I'm waiting for the crest." That's good. That's a good one. I like it. I could rip into it, but I like it. I think it works. You know what? Icon, it works for you. You know what I'm saying? It works for you. <laughs> Poor guy. You know? Do you know the guy with the toothbrush? What, what is his name? I like to meet him. Uh, Has he been on that, the show? Is, Has he been on the show? No, he he's not been on the show. But his his uh, name is Lawrence, actually. Uh, and uh, oh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I've been waiting uh, for the crest. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, well, well I what is life so like in uh, the, uh, Dakota, uh, South Dakota, right? Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, Fargo, well, Fargo, in, Fargo, North Dakota. Yeah, Fargo, in, in North Dakota. In, in Fargo, North Dakota, we have four seasons. Winter, flood, road construction, and football. <laughs> I love it. Oh, my God. Oh, my. Are you, are, are you an icon in North Dakota? Fargo? Yes, I am. I, I, as a matter of fact, I, I am. And uh, Matthias, now you got to tell the truth about that. I am pretty well known around uh, uh, this uh, the city of Fargo in the state of North Dakota. Correct? Uh, that's debatable. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I don't know the people that know him, but I know you. Oh, so I mean, let's let's go with that. And and when you know Matthias in North Dakota, yeah. you know you kind of know everybody. 
So, I mean, I guess that would make a lot of sense. Well, so you know, who Brad, could get I, a table? Who, yeah, who could get a table faster, Icon or Matthias? I could. Okay. Nah. Right. See, here's the deal. I could get a table to sit at. Uh, Matthias could get a table. Yeah, he'd get a table to get put through. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, Brad, oh, my God. Uh, what a team you are. Yes, sir. Yeah, Brad Grunberg is our guest here, and uh, we have uh, 21 minutes here. Now, there's a few things I want to ask you about, uh, like uh, one of your current projects uh, that's in post-production right now, Wood Witches, or Wood's Witch, and uh, Sparkle Show. Could you kind of, are, are you able to talk about those, or do you have to kind of keep it kayfabe until they come uh, up? No, I mean, well, okay, there's very, two very talented people. Um, my, my podcast partner, uh, Lauren Francesca, who I've been trying to get on this show for yeah, well I've been trying to get on this show for a year and a half. Yeah, she's very busy. She's an unbelievably talented girl, beautiful inside and out. And uh, Sean Phillips, her uh, directing partner, they wrote and uh, directed these low budget films. And I've been in, I was in both, and one is kind of like a Blair Witch Project kind of a movie, a spoof on that, and. Um, and the other one, I don't really know how to describe it, so I'll just leave it at that. But they're very funny, good films. They're coming out. And it's interesting, Lauren, told, this is a great story. So Lauren said, Brad, I want you to be in this movie. And I said, Lauren, anything for you, because she is the greatest. And I, she goes, you're going to work with a big-time actor, and I just need you to you know, improv and just do what you do. I go, sure. So I'm sitting there. I don't know who it is. All of a sudden, Tom Sizemore walks in. Wow. Unbelievable awesome. actor, Tom Sizemore. And I'm working with him, and I'm like, wow. And the nicest guy, so talented. And I'll tell you a little secret that no one knows. So we're working, and we're doing our scene, and it was just, I felt some real chemistry with him. So, I, you know, at the end, I said, you know, Tom, I, it was great working with you. Can I take you to lunch? I had this idea that just came about me. I, I just have to develop it, but I want to, by the time we have lunch, I'll, I'll have it, to, you know, um, you know, how it all worked out, and uh, and he said sure, and I literally gave him the pitch, and he looked at me, he goes, wow, he goes, I'll do it for free, that's what he said to me. So I wrote the pilot with my writing partner Sean White, and we're gonna do, we're we're trying to sell it now. It's a really good dramedy, cop. It's a cop dramedy, and if you guys know what that means, dramedy, drama with comedy, you know, and. Um, he like is really show. into it, and uh, yeah, ex- exactly. Just this show's better, trust me, and uh, <laughs> it's amazing. So I, because of Lauren, I met Tom, and uh, he's an incredible guy, an, an amazing actor, and uh, we're going to see where that goes. I have a few projects I'm developing right now, a documentary on a on a bar here in L.A. that was like iconic. Oh my God, see how I worked that in, um, right. and. Uh, Icon, iconic. Okay, and um, so I'm and also another show that I'm working on with the NBA. So I hope one of them goes because you know how it goes, guys. I don't know if you know anything about Hollywood. If you sell one thing, they all want. They want. I want everything you got on the shelf. That's how it works. One, you sell one thing, they want everything. And it's like if you do one movie that makes a lot of money, you're good to do like six or seven flops. I don't know if you knew that. You could be in six or seven flops after that movie that made, you know, a hundred million plus. That's how Hollywood works. But I've been, uh, so that's the story. I, those two movies, one of them I met Tom Sizemore. The other one 
Uh, there was a lot of great actors in that. Let's see. Um, who was in that? That was, uh, oh, remember uh, Borat? Um, yep. Borat. Remember the fat, mm-hmm. fat guy in Borat? Remember him? He was in it. Uh, remember in Scarface, one of Al Pacino's buddies? Uh, Say hello to my his, little friend. Little friend, yeah, he was in it. Tom Sizemore was in the, uh, the second one I did, too. So it was a lot of fun. She has a lot of great, you know, actors from big-time actors from yesteryear, now character actors, but still, you know, huge stars in her movies. And it's amazing. If you, it's one of those things, if you don't ask, you don't get. And so she goes out to her and Sean uh, Phillips go out to all these amazing actors and say, hey, would you like to come by for one day and work on this film for this amount of money? And usually they say yes, you know, because, you know, they're getting a good name for themselves, uh, Lauren and Sean, uh, for directing and producing uh, quality, low-budget, good films. So You know, and uh, 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 we yeah. have we have uh, Brad Grunberg as our guest here. And, uh, you know, one thing that uh, me and my father used to do all the time is, uh, not that you care, but we, used to, we, we, we always I used do. to watch movies you know, every, every Tuesday night, you know, like when a new release would come out, right? And uh, uh-huh. we'd always watch a movie, and then uh, my, I would say to my dad, or my dad would say to me, what movie was that guy in? Okay, and for instance, like, uh, uh, like you were in Get Smart, you were in Austin Powers Gold, member, you were in, uh, I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry, Miss Congeniality too. And my dad's like, what movie was he in? And I said, well, Dad, he was in Revenge of the Nerds. He was the, the bad joke guy. You know, he, he appeared... Uh, 45 seconds after Ted McGinley said, that's my pie. (laughs) It's so funny. I love the story about your dad because my dad just turned 90 years old. And I just, yeah, my dad turned 81 uh, August uh, 8th, actually. Oh my God. That's great. I mean, we're so lucky to have our dads and, and, and healthy and, so I threw a big party for my dad for his 90th, and I did a movie. I, I made a movie for him. It took me two years, and that was his gift on his 90th birthday, and it was really great. It was about his life and family and all this stuff, so it was really good. Uh, 36, like, as you're always mentioning the time we have left, 36-minute film that I did yeah, called you know, and, Opa's 90th Birthday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and the, the interesting thing is, and I, I know you, you, you probably have people say this all the time, like, you know, people say that uh, – I, they're your biggest fan, or this and that, or they're, you know, and, you know, people people use that line way too much. You know, I'm your biggest fan, but, you know, I'll tell you what, I am a, I am a big fan of yours. Like, when I found out that you were going to be in Fuller House, that's the, I mean, I watched the original Full House, but when I found out that right. you were in Fuller House, that I, I watched the episode that you were in. Uh, I didn't really get into it that much, but uh, you being Berkowitz was just awesome. You know, and that's why I watched the episodes oh, that you. you were in because I am a fan. Uh, I can't. You need help. Okay, get some therapy. I mean, if you're watching my fat ass, let me tell you something. You need a lot of help. No, I'm kidding. I'm I'm touched. <laughs> oh my god, buddy. I mean, let me give you a little fun fact. In the '90s, I warmed up the audience for Full House. I became friends with Jeff Franklin, who I'm still very good friends with today, the creator of Full House. Became really good friends with Dave Coulier and Bob Saget, may he rest in peace, and John Stamos and the whole cast. And then I got to be on Fuller House as an actor. And uh, it was unbelievable. I mean, to warm up the audience back then, it was incredible. 
and then be on the show. And the girl, the, the little baby girls became mothers and, and grown women. And it was, oh. And I got to be directed by um, Candace Cameron, and she's really a good director. And, yep, Berkowitz, baby, Berkowitz. No one likes Berkowitz. Only one you, person I, likes Berkowitz. The icon, I like the Berkowitz. Icon. And, you know, and, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Dave Coulier. As a matter of fact, we're going to have – uh, on October 17th, we're going to have one of his uh, former co-stars. Uh, he was in a TV show called Out of Control. We're going to have uh, Marty Schiff uh, on our show, oh, cool. uh, who was with, in, uh, with Dave Coulier in that Nickelodeon show, Out of Control. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, nice. Nick, that's back when Nickelodeon would, would kick just every single mother off, you know. And, uh, you yeah, know, as long yeah. as we talk about <laughs> You know, as long as we're talking about bad jokes, I do have a bad joke, though, about uh, the show that you're in. You know, did you know that they misnamed Full House? Did you know they misnamed that show? No. What was, what's the real name of Full House? It, it, it actually should have been called Blackjack because they started hitting on the Olsen twins when they were 16 and didn't stop till they were 21. <laughs> I think the authorities would like to speak with you, uh, Arya. Right, well, oh yeah, my God, I, that's good. <laughs> do you write these jokes yourself? How does this work? How do, how do, how do, we're, we're, the basis of these uh, unbelievable jokes? Do you sit home alone in, in your parents' basement and do you write these jokes? Yes. I'm just wondering. Well, yeah. well, I, I, well, I, I love used the wah, wah, wah. You know, I, I used to do that before I, I got into life. Uh, and people say, well, you still need to find one and get wait, one. Wait, wait, this is but, a life? This is a lot. Come on, Evan. <laughs> well, look, uh, no, look. I'll oh, tell you. I'll tell you why it is, though. I'll tell you why it is, Brad. Yeah, because, sure. and you, you're probably mm-hmm. you're probably gonna you're probably gonna say, yeah, right. But I am actually the reason why this is a life to me is because I'm talking to one of my heroes, uh, Brad Grunberg. And I, like I say, I've been a fan of yours since Revenge of the Nerds. And uh, anytime, true, and and like when I'm watching a film and I see you, like for instance, uh, when you made, uh, you know. Uh, you're the reason why Get Smart made all that money. I mean, I know The Rock was in it, but you're the reason why people went to go see it. Well, it's so funny you say. I just had a lunch with Pete Siegel. I'm dropping names. I'm a name dropper. And he's the director of it, and he is doing Get Smart too very soon. He's kind of, is he's The Rock gonna, in that one? Is, uh, I don't know if The Rock's in that one. But, of course, I, I don't even know who's in that one. But he wrote it himself, and he's going to do Get Smart too. And Pete Siegel, I met back in the commissary, uh, one of the greatest human beings, so humble, so sick. He directed Tommy Boy, Farley and uh, Spade. He is an amazing guy. No, that's guy, one of my favorite films. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Farley. I wish, I wish he was still here. You know, and uh, uh, speaking of Chris yeah. Farley, uh, speaking yeah. of Chris Farley, um, let me just look at my notes here. We are going to have his brother on our show. Mm. Uh, let, me, let me look. Kevin at or John? Notes. Kevin or John? Uh, Kevin. Kevin. Oh, he's a great guy. Uh, Kevin's the best. Let, let me look at what day. Uh, uh, yeah. Kevin Farley will you be booked... on October 24th. Oh, my God. Did you book me like six months or a year in advance? I mean, amazing. Uh, you're, well, I mean... well, see, well, not that I'm breaking, but we actually have guests booked from now until the end of 2023. And I actually what? first started wow. talking to you. Uh, now, I want to talk about your podcast, because I'm a fan of that, too. And uh, I know you have to oh. put it on hold, which is, which is sad to me, because I know you don't yeah, care. But I listen to it, you know, when I work overnights at the hotel on the weekends, I listen to your and Lauren's show, okay? And I also listen, oh. I also watch her, uh, 
I also watch her YouTubes when she talks about all the stuff she buys at thrift stores because I'm a thrift store <laughs> shopping guru. Oh. And, uh, oh, my gosh. You know, and, and I know that you're friends with her, and uh, I, you mm-hmm. know, I, I'd ask you if you can hook us up with her. I know she's busy. I will. I'll let is, me see what I can do. I will see. I, let me put this on. I'm having, one of the worst, uh, yeah, I'm having one of the worst experiences of my life right now. But I will talk to her being on about this show? you. Okay. And I'll try. <laughs> I'm kidding. I wanted to meet Matthias. Forget about you. Does he get paid, Matthias, for this? <laughs> no? I do not get paid, yeah. actually. I'm, I'm now now oh, I'm going to start Matthias. talking about this. Well, actually, uh, you're, you're, uh, actually, Matthias, your paycheck is coming, and we're going to pay you in Pokemon cards. <laughs> oh, oh, my as long God. as they're Charizard, okay. <laughs> Oh my uh, God! We you have, guys uh, are unbelievable. We, yeah, we have uh, we have uh, uh, Brad Grunberg as our guest now. Uh, now the thing is, uh, like I was saying about uh, your co-host, you know, she's she she always tells me, email me at this address, and then she never. I, I don't know. If, uh, let me. You, let, probably you think need she, juice. You need juice. I'm gonna see what I can do. I'm serious. Yeah, I yeah. I can't. Because I can't. You're talking to me. We're, we're buddies now. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna. Right. I'm gonna no, she gets the, She gets a lot of people that want her on her on their podcasts and all that stuff. I will tell her you should do this guy's show. He's the best. So you not will drop the training order? But for because of Matthias, no, be, not because of Icon. He's, forget him. Matthias, <laughs> he's, the, he's the real talent behind the talent, well, the so-called talent. I will, no, I will, I will talk to her. I promise you. All right. I'm, I'm uh, making Brent, a pledge uh, on your show. Okay, so but I come to uh, it, it, Fargo. Is somebody going to beat me up if it doesn't happen? No, I'll tell you what. Here's what's going to happen. You. Here's what's going to happen. When you come to Fargo, I can get yeah. you a great room at the Wood Springs Suites in Fargo. Uh, I can get oh, you a, a suite at, at the Wood Springs Suites, and I'll, uh, I'll take care of your hotel room. We get you down here, uh, maybe like wow. for a Comic Con or something. Uh, we'll, we'll get you. To, I'll okay. get you taken care of. I'll, I'll show you around and everything. No All problem. Right. Oh, you're a good man. I'd like to hang out with you. I, maybe, maybe you can. Uh, maybe, maybe. You can uh, um, maybe you can find me a nice girl, and we'll go on a date, and you can film the date. Well, sounds good. And, uh, and, and I, Matthias I, I, and Matthias could be our security detail. Yeah, you know, as a matter of fact, both uh, both Matthias and I are are, are ladies' men. Uh, you know, uh, as a matter of fact. That's uh, what I hear. Uh, uh, Matthias, remember what happened uh, three weeks ago? All those gals that were waiting outside for the studio for you to come out. Remember that? Uh, yeah. I mean, they're all looking for me. I don't know where. I don't know what delusion you're getting from for you, but I mean, they they like the sunglasses and they like the gold, and I've got two belts hanging around covered in gold. So once you start getting some gold, maybe they'll start flocking to you. Well, you know, I'll tell you what though, uh, Brad. There's one. There's one thing I do got to ask you. It's kind of an ego thing, and then I uh, I want to talk a little bit more sure. about your podcast too, so we can pitch that. Whatever, whatever. Uh, sure. The Icon made you a collector's card. What did you think of that? The 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 uh, oh, you mean the the card you sent me that I posted on my uh, yeah on the website? Oh my god, I loved yeah. it. I thought it was great. You created that? You did that yourself? I did that. Yes, every every guest that we've had gets one, and Matthias has one. No way. Everybody, yeah. every, oh, everybody gets one of those. Every all the guests get that. Yes. Is that the parting uh, gift? Is that like the the riceroni? Is that like you know when you're on a game show, you get like a lifetime, you know, you get lifetime uh, Lee press on nails or riceroni. That's so. That's well, what you give your guests. 
Well, actually, no. Actually, what it is is it's a it's a uh, here's a here's a gift I made for you. Drop the restraining order, like a lot of the female guests <laughs> we've had on the show. Uh, I think now, it's great. And it's, it's, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking yeah, at it right you know, now. The cool thing, you. you know, the cool thing is, you know, we were talking about Lauren real quick, is, you know, I've had several of her co-stars on our show, like Sean Phillips. Uh, we're going to have Julianne oh, Prescott, yeah. uh, you know, uh, talking about Mistletoe Massacre. And, uh, you know, we're going to have Julianne Prescott on uh, in December. And, uh, you know, if we haven't scared you away too much, we would definitely like to have you back on again. Don't go yet. we still got five minutes here with you. But uh, So we can do this yeah. here. If our fans want to check you out and see, do you got a Facebook, an Instagram, a YouTube, a Twitter, a, t- a Twitch, a TikTok? Yes, I you- do. Uh, yeah. I got uh, Facebook. I got, uh, okay, so you can go to B-Grunny, B-G-R-U-N-N-Y on uh, Instagram. And I, I, or The Real Johnny Cocktails. I got that. Or my name, Brad Grunberg, on uh, Facebook. Check me out. Talk to me. Give me a DM. I'll answer anything. I'm a very uh, – I have no ego. That's my story. You know? And by the way, I don't know if you know, Jennifer Lopez married Ben Affleck. But before they got back together, you know who she was looking at? You. This guy right here, of course. She said, I want a fat guy. I want a funny guy. We almost hooked up. We almost, but Ben slipped in there and took her away, you know. You know I could have been with Jayla. About, well, you know, the sad thing is, actually, she was looking through me to get to you is what happened. <laughs> I can't, I would, I, that is a true statement. I would, I, I, I believe that. I can't. Let me no, she you. was in for me this. first. Get out of here. Is she in <laughs> does she, I'm telling you, you're totally, I can't, you're totally misunderstood. You're, you are a ladies' man. I mean, come on now. Ladies, I'm talking to you out there. My icon is the man. If you can't go, listen, if, if, if I can't, I, I, the icon is not available, you can always go to Matthias. He gets the crumbs. You don't know how that works? And the fraternity, all the good, you see, icon is the good-looking guy, like the A-team in the fraternity, right? The good-looking guys at the door. And then if it doesn't work out or he's got too many girls, they give it to the B team, which is Matthias. You understand how it I'm works? So Matthias, always be ready. Always be ready. Oh, I'm, I'm, right. Well, you know, kind of like, uh, yeah. kind of like that quote <laughs> from uh, the movie uh, Real Genius. It goes from God to Icon to Matthias to Brad <laughs> to the cleaners. <laughs> the cleaners. Oh my God! <laughs> I think that the winning joke is the guy with the toothbrush. Love that. I love that guy. And, and you, you uh, can right? use you that. Uh, yeah, you can use that. Um, oh. I want to have a career. I want to have a career. No, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. Okay. But, well, uh, <laughs> or another, or another favorite, or another favorite one of my jokes. Whenever I met a good-looking yeah. gal, either I'm married or she's married. You know. Oh God. <laughs> that's even. That could be even better. I like that. You're so, a funny guy. Uh, I, well, you know, how I, long I you even had that. The, how long have you had this? How long you had this podcast going? Well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little background because we we got a, we got a few minutes here with you. We actually started yeah, the yeah, show yeah. six years ago. Uh, uh-huh. uh, two guys started it in their uh, their dad's uh, garage uh, and started a, mm-hmm. a network, and then uh, they left. And then Big Swing and I decided to keep this going. And then I got us hooked up with ESP New York. Uh, I got us a theme song. Wow. I started getting us guests. Um, and. Really? Um, uh, yeah, and uh, now we do the now instead of it being a podcast, 
Uh, we do it uh, uh, every Monday night on 89.1 Ken's FM, and we're heard all over the place. I mean, not that I'm bragging, but we are, and this is true, you can Please look it do. up. We, we are the number one uh, radio show in Dhaka, Dhaka, Bangladesh, and Ho Chi Minh City, Vietnam. <laughs> Two places you can get killed. You know, right. um, I'm telling you. I won't ever go I, for personal appearances, no. <laughs> no, that's amazing. Listen, I think it's a great show. You're both two characters. I think i got to put on my bucket list, come see you guys in Fargo. Let's get busy, man. Let's get busy. Let's we'll get, as, as Will Smith before the slap, let's get jiggy with it. Right, and I'll tell you what, uh, if, you, if, you, if you can get here, I'll take care of all your hotels. I'll take care of all know, your food. I know, that's very sweet. I'll take care of all I, your I'd all, like to do it. I'll show you around, and uh, may, uh, uh, my friend might even let you drive his Mustang. Uh, you wait, know, wait, so wait, 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 hold it, hold it. You're a friend? What? I have, I have one. Uh, and, okay. uh, I just want to make sure. Uh, he, and it's his wife. Be honest with me. And, 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 he's, and he's, look, he's, he's, looking right, he's looking right at me, and he probably, well, anyway. And he's a wrestler. <laughs> So uh, now, uh, uh, real quick here, yeah, we, only, we only got yeah. we only got about we only got about sixty seconds. So, uh, I yeah. uh, when would you when do you guys think you're going to fire up your podcast again? Um, um, Lauren, yeah, she's on the East Coast now. Um, she's de- doing a movie and all this other stuff. She's so busy, but uh, it's soon. We're, we I have some really great guests lined up, and uh, we're going to do it. I would we're love to be a guest on your show. Night. Uh, absolutely not. But anyway, Matthias, are you busy? I'd like to have you on the show. Uh, oh, I am, I am free whenever okay. you want me. I would love you guys to be on the show. I love it. I mean, Lauren, let me tell you something. She has 2 million people on Facebook that watch her every day. She is amazing. Lauren is, first of all, there's one thing you need to know about Lauren Francesca. She is an incredible actress. Other than being an influencer and a personality and beautiful woman, she is a very, very good actor. And I'm telling you, I wouldn't just say that. I really mean it. She is really good. She just needs the one break, and that break could come because she has a really cool part in my pilot with Tom Sizemore. Hello. You're the first to know. She ha- I, I, I told her I'm going to write something for you. It's, it's about time you have a really good part. And she's excited. It's going to be great. So when we do the pilot, maybe we'll do it in Fargo. You never know. No. And uh, I, I know that Matthias uh, and I would love to be part of that as well. Uh, why don't you, know, you, and then, you guys ever acted before? I mean, you yes. guys are acting now, but they ever really? Oh, good. Oh, you guys are actors. You have been, you've acted before. Yes, I have, as a matter of fact. And uh, uh, real quick have here, you been uh, arrested? Our, have you ever been arrested? Have you ever been arrested? Yes, I have. And, and uh, have you ever seen a grown man re- naked? What movie? What movie? No, we don't need, Have you ever seen a grown uh, man naked? Airplane. What movie? Airplane. There you I, go. And oh, I love gladiator movies, movie. definitely. Uh, and yeah. uh, anyway, <laughs> so anywho, yeah. uh, uh, we uh, yeah. tell you what, Brad, we do appreciate it. You are so awesome. And uh, for our fans, uh, real quick listening, if you uh, go to our Facebook page, as to air Monday Live Money, like that, 89.1 Kent's FH, like that, uh, do a $10 a month uh, donation to Power of the Tower. You get an automatically qualified to win an uh, autograph from a past guest, current guest, and future guest. And uh, I believe that Brad either sent some or he's sending us some. I can't remember. I did. But I'll I, tell you what. I sent you five, man, five. That, that's right. And there's somebody, yeah, wait, wait, somebody's and, calling uh, me right now from Ho Chi Minh City. Wait a minute. I gotta go. Uh, <laughs> All in right, Bangladesh, thanks, Brad. You've been awesome. A girl, a girl who's showing me. Uh, wait, she wants to meet me. Some girl in Bangladesh. 
That joke. All right, thanks, bud. Anyway. We appreciate. It. Thank you. Hey guys, stay safe and thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's get Lauren on your show. All the best to both of you guys. You're you're really special. Keep doing what thanks, you're doing. Buddy. Okay. We love right, you. Thank well. you. Take care. You love you too. Be well. All right, Brad Grandberg, ladies and gentlemen, that wraps up the show. Uh, join us up next week. Uh, our guest information will drop on the on the Facebook page uh, on Thursday. Uh, until then, love each other. Be safe and uh, join us next week, and we will see you all at the same time next week. You think you know me. Thanks for listening to 89.1 Ken's FM. We are listener-supported radio, so the programming you hear on our station is funded by our members and these local and area businesses. So you're hungry, and you're thinking about someplace to eat? Well, I think of the...